Hello and welcome to the Anne and Film Scoop. Uh, and before we start our show with our special guest, Alicia Krause, we have a short announcement to make. As you know, we take accuracy and integrity very seriously here at the Anne and Film Scoop. So we would like to start today's show with an apology. We would like to sincerely and abjectly apologize to the government of China for anything critical we may have said about China or its government. We would also like to apologize for anything critical any of our journalistic colleagues may have said or will say in the future about China. We recognize that China is doing a difficult job restoring order in a part of its country and further we recognize that our negative thought about this and the negative comments and thoughts of our journalistic colleagues were either, in the words of LeBron James, either misinformed or not really educated on the situation. We would also like to add that, in the words of LeBron James, we regret that so many people could have been harmed, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Further, as Irish people... We recognise that small islands next to large, powerful countries have much to learn and nothing to fear from their neighbours. We would like to remind the people of Hong Kong that apart from religious oppression, a few famines and military massacres, the Irish experience of British forces restoring order has always been hugely beneficial for the Irish people. So again, we would like to reiterate our apology for anything negative we might have said about China or we might say about China in the future, or anything any of our colleagues have said or might say about China going forward. Thank, Thank you. you. I, I think that was okay, Philem. I, I, think, I think it's pretty comprehensive. I think we've probably covered it there. Right, I think well. we're probably okay. Well, I mean, they've got very long memories, that's the problem. But yeah, anyway, I think we're I think too, you know? a billion people. If 10%... Of, of, of the Chinese 1%. population listen to our podcast. We're sorted for And 10% is 100 million people. Yeah, forget about the 50,000 50, 50, that Joe, Joe Biden's son got every yes. month. That'd be like serious, serious M- money, money now. Money. Yeah, I mean, imagine money. if we sold 100 million people a life lock, bought anything. A life lock subscription. Right? Oh, yeah. We got we them sponsored her and they were all. I think we're good. You think so? I, think I mean, we're good. I mean, what would those. You could sell them mattresses too. You could party. There's all these My people. My pillow. My pillow. That's it. We could sell them all the pillows. A lot of pillows in China. Hello and welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop. Hey, I'm Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer. And we're joined today, uh, as we promised, by our very special guest, Alicia Krauss. Uh, Alicia is a broadcaster, podcaster... Um, mom. Mom. <laughs> rent, rent the runway ambassador. Yes, we were talking about that. <laughs> this is... I'm usually always wearing rent the runway, but today I'm not. I'm wearing a TJ Maxx fine and a seven-year-old... Forever Twenty One denim jacket, so I you got to mix it. and match. I love and it. we were telepathic apparently you know, in our yeah. color coordination. Well, I just think it's, you know, just so you know, like hours, hours are spent coordinating these colors. You yes. know, your people, our people yes. spoke to other people's people, <laughs> and yeah, none of this happens by accident. Just so you know, yeah, we're so happy to have Alicia. And here I'm wearing a, today. a slightly gay pink shirt. Um, Nothing wrong with that. No. Um, so it's like lavendery. lavender-y. Yeah, it's a lavender-y it's, thing. I mean, you know, lavender. Yeah, it's very broadcast. I actually looking. think, is he colorblind? Because we had a moment where he thought my newest baby was a boy, and Magda and I were like, she's in all pink and in polka dots. Yeah, what, which part of this do you not get, Philem? I just don't gender stereotype. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, like, very good. All right. So, so, 
So what what are we talking about today, Anne? Remind me. We are talking. Well, we've got lots of news. First of all, actually, I think the most important news is to remember that. Uh, so this week, Phelan was back up in San Francisco covering the Dave Delayden trial, which you've been watching yourself, Alicia. I know very mm-hmm. closely. Qu- quite an extraordinary story. Amazing. And Amazing. And w- like, give us the highlights of what happened this well, week. Well, uh, to summarise what the David Delayden trial is, David Delayden is a undercover activist and journalist, uh, and he would he would be f- that would be the description he have. He's both activist and journalist, and he was up there. Uh, he sorry, he went undercover into Planned Parenthood clinics, other places across the United States, conferences, mm-hmm. talk, getting uh, and offer dangling large sums of money in front of abortion providers and asking them to sell them body parts from aborted babies. And the and nice thing about, n- not that there's anything nice about that, but when people try to say, oh, those were highly edited or he kind of entrapped those people, uh-huh. the thing about what David did is he released them in full. In full. Yeah. So in full. if you, yeah. I don't know how you can have a heart and watch it and not be affected by it, um, but if you if you can bear to... It is all out there. All of the evidence <laughs> is, is available it's to the unbelievable. public. So, so the judge in this trial, uh, so Planned Parenthood, interesting enough, Planned Parenthood are now suing uh, mm-hmm. David in San Francisco. and Under the, the RICO? RICO, RICO, fraud, breach of contract, breach of privacy. Now, one thing they're not suing him for yeah. is slander or libel. Defamation. Or de- defamation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guess what? Because the one, yeah, one defense... fascinating. Because yeah, the, the, the one defense of defamation is, is, absolute, is absolute, truth. absolute truth. And they don't want to f- defend the absolute truth. And the judge, whose wife has had associations with Planned Parenthood in the past, has banned, basically banned, much of what he actually recorded from being aired to the jury. Yeah. So, so... It's mainly based on the interviews of the people that and the experts that they're bringing in. Yes, correct. Yes. So, so however, one, luckily, one of David's defenses is well, this was one. So, one of David's defenses is you can tip someone without their permission in California if you are going to stop a violent felony, mm-hmm. right? D- David then has evidence of them agreeing to commit violent felonies for money. The judge won't allow that to be broadcast uh, because he says it's all about what was in your mind when you decided to start filming, not about... The, and this is the proof that he, he knew was there, and this is the proof. So, so then, so then what's another defense mm-hmm. of taping someone without their permission is that it was in a public place where a waiter was president or an employee or other members of the public. So luckily... I feel uh, like anytime you walk out of your house now, yeah. you expect to be on somebody's yes. Twitter feed or something. Yeah. You don't, you don't exactly. Whether you're an average person or not, yeah. Yeah. like it's you, you are in any, public. You don't have any. You do not have any pri- yeah. expectation but of it's, privacy. It's, inter- it's interesting at the trial. One of the things they're doing is they're shutting. Anytime it gets to the details, they're shutting them down. And I think this brings us to a you know something that that you've spoken very well about mm-hmm. is is. The, the, you did this incredible video for PragerU, which was, which I, which I was, uh, you know, I'm really glad you made that point because no one has made it before. And it's such a brilliant point. The fact that Europe, Europe, super, super progressive Socialist Europe. Europe that Socialist Bernie Europe. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren praised. Wouldn't even dream of having the laws that are enacted here. Can you tell us more about that? Because I think people, I keep telling people this yeah. and people don't know. Yeah. People don't understand that in other parts of the country or other parts of the world, their abortion laws are, you know, using the language of the left are quote unquote more oppressive mm-hmm. than here in the United States. And in the United States, we have more progressive uh, abortion laws or lack of them mm-hmm. um, in some countries in Eastern Europe, specifically in socialized countries. You have to have a waiting period 
an adult woman has to have a waiting period before she's able to obtain an abortion. Mm -hmm. In other circumstances, they're asked to seek a doctor's kind of review and sometimes even a therapist or a psychological review mm -hmm. before they are able to. And in some of the legislation too, and reading, and this PragerU video is three years old now. Mm -hmm. I think it was a, I think the title is um, something about European abortion laws yes. or, you yeah, know, the yeah. difference between or we'll the similarities put, we'll put between them. We'll that up on the Facebook page. That, um, that, that, I'm like uh, 20 pounds video. lighter in that video. So it was two kids in like three years ago. <laughs> but, um, but one of the fascinating things is they recognize that this is a major medical situation for a woman's body. It ends a baby's life and that there are going to be emotional implications and long time issues because of that. Mm. And I think that that's something that people thank God for, for modern science. Um, thank God for the innovation that earlier and earlier and earlier enables fantastic medical doctors and nurses and NICUs across this country mm. to save babies at a younger and younger age. I mean, now if you hit 24 weeks, there's an 80% chance of survival in the yeah. NICU. And every day after that, the, the, possibility of survival just drastically increases mm. and it's fascinating we now see that full term in a baby is 37 weeks to 42 weeks mm -hmm. and if a baby makes it to 37 weeks they don't need to spend time in NICU everything is fully developed and functional and fine and I think that other nations are recognizing this other nations see it and other nations understand the ramifications of those decisions mm -hmm. um and how it really is outrageous I think the thing especially as a mom of three girls that is astonishing and appalling to me is the lack of parental rights and how you have outlets like Teen Vogue telling young minors mm -hmm. that not only if they're sexually active, which is horrifying to think of, like 12, 13, and 14-year-old girls, their target audience being sexually active mm -hmm. when they are in such a time of emotional and hormonal turmoil. Mm -hmm. Like, you remember being a 12-year-old girl? Crazy. There was no way I would have... Like, thank God I hadn't even kissed a boy then. Like, yeah. because there's so much in emotion and mental involved in that. So they're encouraging them to be sexually active mm -hmm. and teaching them how to do that. But on top of it, they've had to kind of pull back a little bit, but not completely on being like, oh, well, if you live in an abortion repressive state, here's how you can obtain an abortion without your parents' permission. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is disgusting. You are enabling minors to make decisions life-altering decisions that they are not yeah. mentally and emotionally capable of making and you're enabling them to go around their parents yeah. and I in doing I, so I that's remember, horrifying i remember when we started making gosnell i was i was speaking to some guy in new york who is an advertising executive and i was kind of a bit nervous telling him we were doing gosnell <laughs> because i assumed he would be pro-abortion mm -hmm. and be, you know all that all that and he, he went on this rant right he went on this rant about how an abortion clinic is not a time machine oh yeah right i was yeah. very he said you don't go in there and come out never having been pregnant mm -hmm. yeah, you can't it's, not, it. it's not it's a not something that yeah. reverses what happened mm -hmm. it, it it changes your future but it doesn't change your past mm -hmm. and there's you know and, and one when the irish referendum happened it was one of the biggest supporters for abortion in in ireland admitted in a in a in a tell all you know op-ed that she'd had two abortions one when she was 20s and the second one in her 30s and she said the second one in her 30s it took her a year to get over it hmm. and i'm going it didn't take you a year if you think it took you a year to get over it you're still getting over it but you haven't got over it you'll never get over it yeah and um and i feel sorry for people who who were told and who were led to believe as we all were 
growing up that this was some kind of that it's con- no big deal. No big deal. In fact, funny you should say the words no big deal because Deborah Nukatola, who uh, who was one of the David Delayden's uh, most talkative uh, yeah. uh, uh, Planned Parenthood operatives, she she's the one who was sipping the wine, saying, "See if you crush." Just above the thorax, you get really good hearts and lungs. Have a glass of wine, and, and she was eating salad. I mean, it was. It, 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 and that's why they don't want that video to be shown. Well, funny the, court. the, the problem yeah. with that video. So they managed to get it into court because waiters were coming in as this, and yeah. they were able to say, "We need to show the jury that she was saying these outrageous things whilst and not lowering her voice and not going." People, quite the people at the table next to her could yes. hear. Yeah. So, I mean, so it was she, very clear. Yeah, and. And she never, yeah, she never, so, she made no effort to say we can't talk about Nuka this Tola, right now. Uh, uh, during the during the hearing, you know, <laughs> you know, her life was changed by this video. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. And then they produced a email she sent in the days after a couple of emails she sent in the days after the video was released, where she she said to friends, "Yeah, I saw the video. It's no big deal." It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. She didn't say it was just it was badly edited, or mm-hmm. you know, she was in there in the court crying, saying it had ruined her life. But but uh, and, uh, she's on record as saying no big deal, and that's the line. No, this is no big deal. And that was immediately after uh, an event, uh, not along the same lines. But I was just listening to the Dak Shepherd podcast with Monica Lewinsky, mm-hmm. and you know, October's anti-bullying month, and so mm-hmm. she's going out there and doing a lot of interviews, and she talks about like the trauma of things. Mm-hmm. And that one of her, the traumas that she experiences, of course, like the national embarrassment. And yes. you would think that this woman would have been nationally embarrassed yeah. by her behavior, demeanor, uh. actions and words yeah. on camera. And yet in the days after, usually when most normal people are very introspective and, I don't know, shamed. Yeah. She was proud of it and thought it was no big deal. I think that that speaks a lot to her psyche. Yeah, we'll show. And, and the actually, fact that. Let's just see that video now so people can see. Make up their own minds whether this person should have been embarrassed. <laughs> or, or whether not. this is actually no big deal. Or it's no big deal. Or it's no big deal. A lot of people want to attack parts these days because they're looking for specific notes. Maybe the essay. I was like, wow, I, I didn't even know. Good for them. Yesterday was the first time she said people wanted longer. I, uh-huh. um, and then, she, like I said, always as many attack livers as possible. People just want Yeah, livers. Some people want lower extremities too, which that's, that's simple. I mean, that's easy. I don't know what they're doing with it. I guess they want muscle. Yeah, a dime a dozen. How much of a difference can that actually make if you if you know what kind of what's expected or what we need versus? It makes a, it makes a huge difference. I, I'd say a lot a lot of people want liver, mm-hmm. and for that reason, most providers put this case under ultrasound guidance, mm-hmm. so they'll know where they're putting their forceps. Actually, that video we're just seeing makes me believe that I think we live in parallel universes. Hmm. I think there are people out there who, well, obviously in her community and her neighborhood and her friends, it's no big deal. Um, to end a human life, but it, well, to even to talk heart. to talk about well, you know, there's that right, but then to talk about. Uh, or, you know, literally with your glass of wine. Saying, See, what we do is, uh, if we really want that sample, we t- we turn the baby into a breech, and then that means it can come out, and the heart and lungs are intact. Now, uh, um, this wine's lovely, isn't it? You know, not. I mean, I'm exaggerating slightly, but you can see the video. That's that's what it is, and it's like Cecile Richards. She she her her abortion story, right? Because everyone has an abortion story. Well, they want you to shout your abortion. Yeah. So her story was. 
that they were, she was she earning was a million married. happily married a million she was earning a million dollars a year I don't know how much her husband was her children she, were the centre of her life and, she and got then pregnant she got pregnant the with, the, with fourth, the fourth, fourth. And but just, you know it wasn't going to just suit her so she just aborted that and you know who's going to have an issue with that um her children yeah I was gonna, no no who are going to grow up and realize her children are going to grow up and realize wow they're going to have survivor's guilt there yeah. I know women like this who were the only child or one of a few children and found out that their parents or their mom had an abortion shouted their abortion were proud of it yeah. and there's an element of um, bitterness towards the parents because they didn't want to be an only child and they feel all alone or there are situations where they have the survivor's guilt of the why me mm -hmm. and why not them because that's going to happen and there will become an age where like the innocence of your children is over and they start to ask questions and they yeah. start to judge you based on your decisions mm -hmm. and um dear god i hope that i'm a good parent <laughs> like when it rolls around to my 13 year old asking me questions but people and i hate to bring children into this but when public figures yeah discuss that that is going to be something that it is forever written Mm -hmm. It is on the internet but for your yeah, children to find. She's proud of it, though. It's, it's a, it's a funny old world, actually. And I feel sorry for people who listen to that and think that it's no big deal because mm -hmm. it is a big deal. But you know what's fascinating? It's, I recently spoke to an incredible pro-life organization in Missouri. And um, I obviously, that was a pro-life speech that I gave. Mm. Um, <laughs> very pro-life. But I did read a lot of the language of the pro-abortion, mm -hmm. the pro-choice side. And I did read a lot of the testimonials, I guess you would say, mm -hmm. of the women who had gotten abortions. And something that was increasingly obvious and heartbreaking to me is even in the women that were saying, oh, I'm proud to have done this, it all went back to them feeling alone and them wanting a community. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that the pro-life movement has done in some areas. There's mm -hmm. incredible... Um, small pro-life organizations. I mean, there's more there's more crisis pregnancy centers in the United States than there are abortion clinics, mm -hmm. thank God. Mm -hmm. There are places where people can go get actual mammograms and STD testing and counseling, et cetera, and things that Planned Parenthood does not provide or claims that they provide mm -hmm. um, that are actually life-focused and life-centered. Thank God for those places. But I think that the pro-life movement needs to, in our discussion of saving these innocent babies, also reach out to these women that are in desperate need for community, mm. that are in desperate need for a purpose and a future and um, seeing kind of past this, what they think is a negative life-altering thing, but it can be an incredibly life-altering thing. And I like to say, I, I actually really, I don't want to use the word hate because I've, as a Christian, I feel like I shouldn't be hateful to anybody. Don't go anybody. hating there, Alicia. But, um, but I really do hate that their side has made women feel as if this is a curse when truly being able to gr create, grow, and sustain life, now having done it three times um, as a 33-year-old woman, I think it's the ultimate superpower yeah. that yeah. men cannot do, um, that women, you know, once we reach a certain age, we cannot do. There is this window of time and opportunity <laughs> in which, you know, you are given this incredible blessing, and mm. it is a blessing, and it is a freaking superpower. And they are taking that away from women, and they're saying you can't have it all, and you can't do it all. And I don't understand or agree with it, 
from the people that are supposed to be yes all women and proponents of women. Mm. I They're think that's not. a great point. I love the freaking superpower idea. I think that's <laughs> great, you know? And it's but particularly when we're living in times where it's like, well, it's everything's the same, we're all gender fluid and really I'm identifying as this or that. He no, you know pregnant. what? Don't go identifying because it won't make any difference how much you identify. Yep. You're not having a baby anytime soon. Yeah. You know, um, it's incredible. I wanted to ask you about, you know, because you're talking about your children, you're talking about, you know, these crazy laws that 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 exist. How do you feel about living in California? I mean, we have a segment in, in this Los podcast Angeles, yeah. every every time, which is called Crazy California, where we tell a story about how crazy the laws are here. And, you know, you're living here mm-hmm. and trying to bring up children in a, you know, mm-hmm. in a beautiful home and a beautiful family. And it's challenging. I know Magda's got a, b- a baby as well. And, uh, you know, we're going to be looking at things like schooling and what's going to happen, you know. And, and when you hear the stuff that's going on in mm-hmm. schools with gender fluidity and, and all of that. And I know you yourself, you were, you were homeschooled. I was homeschooled all Are you years. hoping to... to uh, what's your, what, what are your thoughts about Crazy California and the future for you with your children and all of that? Uh, I think that in some ways I'm hopeful because recent polling shows that a majority of California voters across party lines and specifically minority women are supportive of school choice and I think that this is something that and I say this all the time the California GOP needs to take it and run with it because and it's even funny that AOC earlier today was saying you know my family moved to Westchester because my education was determined by my zip code and I'm like that is literally a school choice argument yeah 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 that's an advertisement and if if a socialist like her and Elizabeth Warren can essentially say what I have been saying for years of how wrong is it that a child's education is determined solely by their zip code yeah that's something that we need to take and run Mm. with here in this state uh it is horrifying though i don't send my children to public school because of some of the stuff that is in curriculum now as young as kindergarten um we are very uh active in our church and in our family and have a you know close community of friends and my oldest is six so she asks some questions but not Mm. tons we don't discuss politics. I don't play the news or podcasts, sorry, around them because there is a level of like wanting them to keep that age of innocence. Yeah. Yes. Um, growing up, I was homeschooled, but I traveled a lot. My dad worked for an American Airlines, so I got to fly around the country, meet all different kinds of people. Our girls get to do the same, and I think that that's an important part of their yes. education is even though we live in L.A., which has amazing museums and cultures and opportunities, I want them to see where I'm from in Podunk, Oklahoma. I want them to see where their dad is from in Detroit. Um, You know, I want them to see our military family and and all that stuff so that they really have a perspective and an understanding of like, LA is not the center of the universe. And I think lots of people, even especially because LA is such a transplant city, like you'll go out to dinner in West Hollywood and you'll meet people and they just think that they're so much better than people in Texas because they live in LA. (laughs) But yeah. you find out they're from Ohio. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not yeah, knocking yeah. Ohio, but I'm just saying like people here and New yeah, York yeah. is the same thing. I lived in New York for seven years of my adult life as yeah. well in New York City. And it's like they have this, per- the coasts kind of have this persona of they are better than the middle of the country. But most of the people that are in the, you know, these coastal cities actually are from the middle of the country. Yeah. And I think that if, if I can teach our girls and if we can teach our girls to just be grounded mm-hmm. and have good work ethic and be just be nice 
Yeah. Just being kind to to each other. This is why I so appreciated like the Ellen video. For I think mm. that her Netflix stand-up special was great. Obviously, I disagree with her on a host of political Absolutely. issues. Yeah. But it was nice to be able to just watch her special and yeah. laugh. And I appreciated the video that she released and how she addressed sitting and laughing with George W. Bush at the football game. Because it's like, if Americans can't sit together from both sides of the political aisle and enjoy a football game, what have we become? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that that's how we tried to raise our girls. And I think... Part of the reason we've chosen to be in LA, and I think it'll make them stronger women one day, is that they are in the minority, yeah. being in the Christian conservative mm -hmm. household. Um, and I want them to be, like, I want it to be iron sharpening iron in that way for them, uh, and that they won't run away from problems but face them head on. I don't, I don't even know if that answered your question. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, I mean, yeah. you know, these are like my my parental goals. I mean, the, <laughs> I mean, I was, you were going to talk to Phelan was going to mention today, like in our crazy California segment, the fact that you know this this law that there is here that that that, that has really enabled the homeless population to yes. become yeah. it's like heartbreaking. out of out of control. The Jones Act, the Jones and, Act. And that, that, uh, that decision in Iowa or Idaho or whatever, it, basically where you. You're not allowed to move people on now. You're not allowed to, mm -hmm. to uh, you know, and it's not everyone's saying, oh, it's increasing inequality and all. And it's not. I mean, there was an actual court decision and a court settlement by the city of Los Angeles uh, to the, to agree, oh, we can't move homeless people on. And then they raised one point six billion to spend on the homeless. And shockingly, they're spending one point six billion on a pro on a problem, and the problem has got worse. Yeah, and it's going to take them. So they throw all this money and all these people. And all these services at, at so-called homeless people and more of them have come and in addition to that it's something like i think here in the la city council votes specifically it's that 1.6 billion it's going to take a decade to build and it breaks down to over seven hundred thousand dollars per apartment yeah. yeah yeah well i mean when you're building I the mean, apartments one one block from the from ocean. the beach here in venice you know yeah. that's going to be an expensive another piece thing of too that i think is really repressive towards I'm going to say it, a working mom in the state of California, working women in the state of California, this idiot Gavin Newsom just passed that, you know, signed the legislation that lots of people were focusing on with freelancers are like, yeah. oh, yay, Lyft and Uber drivers are going to be protected now as full-time yeah. employees. You know who it negatively affects? Uh, people with a side hustle. Yes. Yeah. It's especially journalists. And you have yep. mainstream media journalists, like mm -hmm. probably half the staff at the LA Times right mm -hmm. now, that are trying to figure out what does this mean for them yeah. because they're only allotted 36 articles a year. That's yeah, right. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw mean, that. And the, they're, they're the one group that's been excluded in this in this side hustle business, but, right? But I mean, what about mommy bloggers yeah. and, and entrepreneurs yeah. and people like college students that are trying yeah. to get in yes. to journalism yeah, or yeah. anything else? I mean, it affects freelancers, I think, as a whole in the state. But it, once again, it just goes to show that the bigger the government gets, the more people it's going to end up rolling yes. over yeah. because... It's it's just a bad decision as a whole, it's, it's, and it, and they don't think about the individuality no, of it. It's, and, getting, and it's how going to get impossible people. to live and work in in LA. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. You know, when we were younger, people used to go to New York and they used to go to LA and they used to go to London and uh, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Yes, I mean, and, and, like and, and, but they could they could afford to live there mm -hmm. uh, because the housing was cheap and that was that was the biggest expense. But then. You know, the boomers got older and, you know, do not build apartments in my backyard is basically, you know, you cannot build apartments. You cannot build here. You, can, you can't build here. Dublin, literally, you can go on a Friday to the uh, protest to protect the homeless to the on Saturday, the protest to stop the, the 400 houses being built. And no yep. one thinks there's any uh, any connection. It's a there. not in my backyard. Yeah. And so we, we now have this situation where, you know, where millennials 
cannot make a living in a city. Mm-hmm. They cannot go to a city. And, and we and have a housing crisis yeah. as a whole here in California, yes. in, specifically in Los Angeles, where they will knock down a house to build an apartment building because you have 30-year-olds that are living together because, one, the affordability, and two, the lack of yeah. housing. Well, you're not allowed to build apartments here. Yeah. No, they're not allowed. I'm not even allowed to. My husband and I um, want to buy an Airstream. And we've been looking. I know it's so hipster. Um, oh, wait, I just can I just say I just love the idea of owning an airstream. I, like, yeah. uh, and tell us what's happening with that because I think people would be really interested <laughs> to hear that because I I, I love I love uh, the we, idea. We we uh, we are definitely con- like considering it. We have some property back home in Oklahoma. We'd like to put it on and rent because part of the reason we'd have to put it in Oklahoma is because California is so repressive against people in their thirties with children who would like to stay here and invest in the state. Yep being successful yes we have fifteen thousand square foot lot which is very large for la mm-hmm. i could totally put a 20-foot airstream on totally. my prop- property you're not allowed. self-sustained airbnb it out sure not allowed so i could there's no is there, is there any airbnb in your area is it the whole area doesn't have it because we it's, don't it's have it so city, here in, it's so the venice city of la is very restrictive so, so you guys in venice are seeing yeah, more so we had enough. they've just got rid of it here in venice they've also got rid of it in santa monica yeah. and, then, and it's a disaster but also for i'm just kind of like i have an eight foot fence if i put an airstream on my property whether mm. i'm renting it or not why do you have the right i have no neighborhood watch. like i get the people that live in fancy country club neighborhoods and they have the rules about how your flags yeah. need to be lit and your flower beds need to be perfect right. and all that stuff I don't live in one of those yes. neighborhoods. Like we have a fence up for a reason. Yes. <laughs> we want privacy, and our neighbors yeah. aren't. I'm the greatest. obsessed now with this airstream. Are you <laughs> going to? I, I, I just have to get. Let me get a couple of facts here. Yeah. Are you going to be the people who buy one of those ones that's really in like really bad shape, and then your husband's like one of those super talented guys? He, he is who's super gonna, talented, and he yeah. My husband's not. So your husband, your husband, I, which on uh, uh, making things fail him. Like, does he can do woodwork? Well, he things? can make. Your husband can make movies. My husband can fix up a house. You know, like, it's, so there's, yeah, there's so different day, skills so On there. a day-to-day basis, you've got a very useful <laughs> husband there. Just, just pretend I'm not here. So he's like, so he could do that. So you, you're going to get one of the rundown ones and yeah, do it all Yeah, we're thinking up. of, like, starting with the shell. I love And it. kind of seeing how much we can do on our oh, own. I love it. But we have, I, do, I almost don't want to give it away, but we have come across some really incredibly talented people that can do a lot of the work, and it's not as bad as we think. Mm. But then you come across these people, like, there's these guys in Utah. If you buy a shell for, like, 20 grand, they have made like $100,000 Airstreams because they put in all walnut and stainless steel and it's like, you can get real expensive real quick. We don't want to do that. We want something that we can take up and down the coast with the kids, you know, like bring into a national park. So are you one of those people, like as a couple, are Mm -hmm. you a little bit addicted to HG? Are you a HGTV family? Just admit it No, we cut the the cable cord over a year ago. Oh, cut the cable. Yeah, we pay for Hulu and Netflix. Obviously, I and mean. And what was your how was your, just getting, yeah. getting into the domestic here now? Yeah. How did the, how did that decision come around? The we were the just cable. like we don't. It's, you got tired it's a waste of, it. of money. It's, it's of over a hundred bucks a month. It's a waste it's of, money. of money. We don't really watch it. And now, um, and actually, I read a really interesting article. Netflix is trying to really dig into the children's content mm-hmm. because they know that this big bad Disney app is coming along that I will probably also be forced to buy so I can have access to all the Disney movies that are coming out of the vault finally. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Disney, but um, we also joke now that like there's going to be so many apps that you have to purchase in order to get the content that you want that it's going to be like you a a cable package. You're going to be back to $100 anyway. You're already back to 100 bucks a month. Yeah, but we all Um, like that. Uh, One of the things I don't like about that whole package is that you're buying into stuff that you really don't want to buy into. Yes. And they should be like, they should really get in on the... I want to be able to pick and choose. Yeah, I want to get in the opt-out of MSNBC clause quickly, you know. But my husband, thank God, like, and no, nothing wrong with guys that are super into sports, but I'm glad he's not like addicted to them Mm -hmm. because we have some people like that and it's like a couple thing. My husband doesn't know anything 
a sports either. We don't do we no, don't do that watching sports the weekend thing. Welcome to the Alan Film Scoop where we just dump on film. <laughs> by the way, film, it's not like it's unusual. It's like, you know, we have that weird thing, right? Where there's yes. Magda and ourselves, right? Yes. Before Yvonne joined us. And it was very funny because like like Yvonne comes along and we're sort of explaining, well, you know, here's something that you should know about us as a company. You know that thing where they say, whatever you do, don't ever work for a couple. Here's what you need to understand about us. It's always Magda and I against Phelan. <laughs> He's always on his own. And it's just I'm turning out the same way this I'm morning. an oppressed minority. You you're, are. You're literally like my husband. I mean, he, the only thing he had... Is this why you're so into your cats? Because, like, they're your only support system. Yes, you're yes, surrounded yes, by yes. women that just I'm, knock I can, you all the I can be the alpha male of, yes, of the cats. That, yes, that, They will listen to they you. They will listen to you because they know who feeds them and they know who cleans them. Oh, you yeah, right? Cleans the litter. He does. He does clean the litter. All of our girls do become daddy's girls. So like in their in their harassment of you, it really is in love, I think. Is in love. Yeah, it's it's their they, when they harass you, they it, they it's in love. Like they are only. I'm making not it. even sure now about that. I think it's just ganging up, really. You know. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I finish Magda's sentences more than I finish my husband's sentences. Really, and it's a bit sad actually. It, it, there's something yeah. kind of a little creepy about it, maybe. I think, you know? it, I think though that sometimes there's that about female relationships. That that female friendship is is very unique because there are so many similarities that you can kind of like pick that's up. That's true. I on actually feel like sorry that. for men that they don't have the kind of relationships that women can have. Actually, but I I, in some ways, men can um, men do talk. I mean, no, we're not letting you talk, but men do talk a lot. I think I don't. In, I think they talk a lot about stuff that doesn't isn't about themselves. Like they don't talk about. They don't talk about their feelings. They don't talk about their feelings. They looked in Whereas the mirror girls, and they want to change all these things. Tend to really really like talking. A lot about their feelings, <laughs> about the fact they feel about everything. I'm, I think that's. Thank God there's memes for this too. Like I use Luckily. gifs and memes in all of my f- friendships. Yeah, like how do you? How are you feeling today? And I like yeah, get, yeah. A, get a meme or a gif back. Like we can communicate in those ways. But I will say, at least my husband is this way. Like once he goes deep, like loyal for life. Oh yeah. Where Phelan I think that Phelan sometimes women we can be. We can go deep really quick, and maybe we should have like judged that person a little bit more on the front end. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, but sometimes I actually, we can yeah. open up a little bit too much, and then I think I inherited a skill from my mother. My mother was one of those people who we ran a B and B, and people would come and book in, and my mother would come into the kitchen and go, "There's something I don't like about him." Yeah, and every time she was right, and I have to say, Phelan will back me up on this that I've said something not right there, and. There's been something it's good not discernment. Right. Yeah, good gut instinct. Yeah, where know. there's something just where you get a bad feeling. But my mother was unbelievable about it. I mean, she, my she, mom is really good at that yeah. too. Yeah, so your really mother would say, "Not quite, don't quite like him." And then three hours later, he's up there beating the beating his wife to death yeah, or whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, no, or we trying to sneak out without paying the next morning. Yeah, well, I have like to say, that. my favorite story of our B&B, the best story ever, was like we had a guest staying, and mom had said, "Not sure about him." And I had been out that night. My yeah. mom, mom and dad slept in a different house, basically, when we had the B&B. And I was sort of in the kitchen looking to see if there was any food. Next thing I hear, row has started upstairs. And I went down to the bottom of the stairs. And they were starting to move out, right? Without paying. Because back in the day, the money came at the end, not at the beginning, right? Yeah. Of course, very sensible to take the money off them immediately. <laughs> but I stood at the bottom of the stairs. And I was only like, you know, 15 or something. And I went, checking out, are we? I, I've, got, I've got the bill made up for you kind of thing. And then when my mother got up in the morning, I said to her, look at me. I got the money. So, yes. Yeah, so You're yeah. like, aren't you glad I went out last night, Mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You see, stop giving out about me going out late at night. You yeah. know, that's right. Exactly. Let, let's divert from that. Yeah. I got you your money. That's right. Look at, look at who's turned into the night watchman. What am I supposed to do? I was a good girl. What am I supposed to do when my girls are 15 and they're like trying to go out at night? Okay. Okay. That, by the way, can, you know what? I just think that the that is, is no. Can I just say that, that the answer is no, but then you're like, it doesn't work like that, though, Phelan. It doesn't work like that. 
And the problem is you have that old thing of all my friends, all my friends, you know, something, something, I'll something. tell her to get new friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The yeah. good news is, is our oldest is, is Miss Congeniality and everyone wants to be her friend. Aww. So my goal is that she'll be so cool that I can be like, Bring the friends over to our house. We're going to we'll do. We're going to read literature gonna, on Saturday we're gonna, night. We're going to read Jane Austen and the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. But like, let's that's going to be a hit. Let's do sound of music in our backyard. Like, yeah, yeah. That's and let, right. like make that the cool place. Oh, you all want to go out dancing? You know what? You, you guess what? My mom's got organized. <laughs> yeah. She's going to have this whole disco thing in the backyard. Just to brainwash her that our house is really cool, and then she's so cool that all of the people go there. That's the goal. I don't know. My middle one, we'll see. She's she's going to be well. It's interesting, you know, with 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 Magda's son. Like we've already started talking about whether or not people would be going. How you know, thinking about college and stuff like that. And interestingly, recently, don't do college. I know. I'm a dropout. Yeah. Don't I, do it. Don't it's do unbelievable. College. So I went. So I just, don't do college, folks. Don't do college. I just went recently to OSU. But which you know, one? Stillwater. Oh, hey. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. a Boomer fan, but okay. You were in my state, so, so that's a... <laughs> that's a typical thing, feeling by the way, that these Americans do. You say something about city, and then they say th- they put in this word go Patriots. like, go Patriots or whatever. We have no idea what that means. Well, so no, boomers not go are, to Patriots. I don't like the Yeah, Patriots. so Boomers are what? That's now what's now? They're boomer what? Sooner is uh, Oklahoma University. Yes, see. They're the Sooners. Go. And Sooners what? Sooners is a football so, game? Football <laughs> match? Football team? Yeah, well, they have all sports, but they're all, really all good the- in football. So is, are the boomers all the sports or just well, the, the fo- for under the Oklahoma University? Oh, so it's like tennis as well. It'd be boomers. Yeah. Like they oh, can, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like, so oh, when you the see word somebody is. like at LAX and they're in an OU hat or something, you say boomer and they're supposed to say sooner. God. And right. then OSU yeah. where you were in Stillwater is actually a very good ag school and they have a really good vet program there as well. And they do a lot to like save animals there. Like heaven forbid oh. anything ever happens, go to OSU. Oh, I think I know about incredible. them being an ag school. I heard, yeah. I think they said um, something about but that. But they're the cowboys and that their cowboy has the big hat, the big orange hat. Big right. Oh, I mean, but, I can know that. So, is it, so interesting. Anyway, and interesting. I'm not even really into sports ball. It's just I grew up in the Bible Belt of Oklahoma, where college football is like religion. So you go to church and then you go watch college football. That's just the way it is. Well, we had an interesting fallout from that. So basically, before I went there, all the posters of me that were up there with this beautiful face, as you can see, right. They put fascist over my face. They vote fa- in OSU. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So and then an interesting, we had an interesting development afterwards. Because so all college campuses are run by a minority of radical leftists. I guarantee you the majority of the students there, no offense, have no idea who you are and don't think you're a fascist. 100%. But there is going to be a small group that are the loudest voices. This is what we see. I'm a part of the YAF um, Young America's Foundation, like college campus mm-hmm. speakers tour. And That's I, what I was. That was I, I, I was on that. Sorry, I'm sorry if I like took that. Very plan. upsetting. Very upsetting. <laughs> Trying <yeah>. to <laughs> didn't mean yeah. to segue for you, <laughs> but um, and it is something that I hear so often that these kids are afraid to come out and see yeah. people like me speak. Yeah, and I'm like little old me. Little like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like Sean Hannity or Ben Shapiro. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. And, and well, I, but they're true. afraid to come out and see me speak because of who might see them. And they're like, oh yeah, we could fill up a room of people because they're just like like-minded or they're just interested in hearing the other side. Yeah. But they're afraid to say anything or show up somewhere because of that small minority on campus that is incredibly loud. Yes. And so I'm like, okay, great. Let's just try to be louder. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Let's just, because I really want to empower, especially young women, I think, to think for themselves, to educate themselves. And to, um, you know, have experiences in college like that you're supposed to have of, of listening to 
different ideas. All different ideas and all different ide- ideologies, and then being able to determine for yourself what you believe instead of having yeah. some professor ram it down your and throat. It, and it was interesting. They actually, one of the things I think that YAF do everywhere, I'm not sure if they, uh, but they did it at, certainly at OSU, mm-hmm. was to ask all the students to kind of rate me and to give it, like, to write mm-hmm. a comment or whatever. And like the word. You spoke three times. I spoke three times, but there was one, like a number of kids who wrote and basically said it was really nice to hear somebody saying the stuff that I believe in or whatever. Um, Plus, you got a really good accent, too. Well, so anything you, know, you say right. is going to be automatically more interesting than that's anything right. I say. Yeah, and I, of course, I ham it up once I get out of the city, you know, like, yeah, this, this is not... Big, yeah, thick Irish accent. Big, oh, yeah. I, oh, God, between us and all harm. But, um, and then what happens, we're, like, we're back here, and suddenly I started getting... I, we'd been getting these messages from people saying, oh, you've got this really... Have you seen your Wikipedia entry? Have you seen how you're described on Google? So it turns out we're on Google, both of us on Google, um, as Irish fascists. So you didn't probably know you were sitting down with Irish fascists today, did you now? I did not. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Have you and met of course, many Irish fascists. In I, your... I don't think so. So it's very interesting. So the, the professor, or the, I think the people who invited me to OSU, did an investigation to find out that this fascism entry on Wikipedia yeah. was, in fact, had come from an OSU. IP. So, of course. Yeah, so somebody there who obviously had editing rights at mm-hmm. Wikipedia had gone in and edited the, the thing. I believe it has been cleared up, I think, this morning. Um, but, yeah, an Irish fascist. And, of course, like, there's a couple of... What does of that r- mean? I mean, are we back at, like, <coughs> Protestant versus Catholic? Like, well, that was, that? I don't know. Well, that wasn't fascist. A tyrant, no, a tyrant no, who can that. also dance I, or something, right? Or mm-hmm. sing a sad song. Is that it? Or poetry? I mean, the really sad part about this, actually, is the fact that fish, fascism has such an awful history. Of course. Of of millions and millions and of deaths, and the so people, does socialism. It's like, it's like so does Nazism. Yeah, but they like the word, toss but it's out. Like, it's a total, mm-hmm. you know, degradation of the word to be wasting it on this Irish oh, fascist, yes. apparently, because who hasn't killed anyone at all. Yep. Yet, yes. by the way, I am living in Venice. Who knows what's going to be happening? But they would their their response would be like, "Well, you obviously don't care about women because of your stance on abortion." Oh, that you know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. So therefore, that yeah. to them is evil enough. But it, it really no, it, it falls on they, deaf ears. They, they, call, they call you these names to... Try to, to shut you down. Shut you down, but also it avoids them thinking. Of course. I mean, that, and that is important, that they cannot, they will not, and it avoids them actually having to take on your arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether it's because they, they haven't thought through their arguments or they don't want to think through them, but it really it's great. If you call someone a racist, then you don't have to talk to them. You call someone a fascist, you don't have to talk this to them. This is what Ben says all the time. He's yeah. like, you... He wants to be able to have dialogues and discussions with people on the other side of the aisle. But if they're going to revert to like just name calling you at the top, yes. Yes. then they're not really open to dialogue no. and discussion. This is why it's laughable when they say that they're the tolerant side. Yes. When yeah. when they are on the right side, because they start with the name calling before even knowing yes. who you and I are. Yes. Yeah. Before even learning about us, right? Yes. Like sometimes it's funny to me when people um, you know, I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. I plan on voting for him in 2020. Uh, like, there's there's things that I disagree with the GOP on. There's tons of things I disagree with the DNC on. Like, there's, yeah. I, but I am a unique individual who turns out has my own brain. Mm-hmm. Look at you, but and can make my own decisions. Other than when my husband tells me to do things, and I always do what he mm-hmm. says, right? Yes. Because that's the narrative that they have, and yeah. people will look at my profile and they'll be like, Ah, worked for Hannity. I know how you feel. Fascist. You know, go back to Fascist. kissing Trumps. Yep you know whatever yeah whatever racist. and i'm like yeah. okay 
okay, fine. Did you not Google me? Like, did you yeah, not yeah. see the complexities yeah. of who I am as a human being? And no, I would like to have a conversation with you. The last thing, the last thing they want to do is get any complexity. Any complexity yeah. or any kind of Because they humanity. don't want to humanize you. Yeah, no, yeah. they yeah. Can't, have you, yeah. can't have you as a human being. Well, you can't have any human being, by the way, voting for Trump. I mean, that couldn't, that's not so, possible. So you're, 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 you're now uh, uh, going to vote for Trump? Yeah, I'm yes. still not a, I'm not like a, yay, he can do no wrong person. But knowing what I know now, I will vote for him in 2020. And, and what do you know now? I mean, that he actually has governed more conservative than I ever expected, for sure. Um, I think that some of the decisions that he's made, and I think some of the things where he just has left it be, has been good. Yeah. Um, there's obviously still things that are problematic with him, but no person is perfect. And I think that this is actually the beauty of a lot of millennials and the generation after us, Gen Zers as well, as I see a hope for America's political future because we're not our parents' Republican Party. And as you saw in 2016 and even now in 2020 with the Tulsi versus Hillary thing mm-hmm. and everything, there's a disruption of, yes. I'm not going to do what the man tells me anymore on both sides of the aisle. And I see that as an opportunity for political change mm-hmm. of my generation, the following generations, that we're not going to just toe the party line. We're not just going to let the swamp do, you know, yeah. using Trump language, let the swamp do what the swamp does and yeah. not worship or adhere to the ideologies of every person that happens to have an R after their name. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is important. And I think that's a, that's really what, how the founders intended things to be. They wanted things to be on a localized, individual level to positively impact those little areas and not have it be like the president is not the end all be all. And this is what I tell friends on both sides of the aisle. I'm like, you can be horrified and, you know, worried about Trump, but turns out the executive branch one has too much power than the founders ever intended. And two, even with all the power that the executive branch has, it doesn't really affect you living here. It's shocking how little power the president has. Exactly. Especially when you come from a, a parliamentary democracy, which is really a parliamentary dictatorship, Mm -hmm. like whatever Boris Johnson if he has a majority in the mm-hmm. House of Commons, if he wakes up tomorrow and says, we're going to drive on the other side of the road to, to be more European, oh. you know, you, you <laughs> can good. basically, good idea. you know, within eight months, they w- he will push it through Parliament yep. with his majority. Yep. Uh, and, you know... Uh, oh, you can't do that here. You can't do that. And, and amazingly, a lot of the pro-life legislation that is saving babies and mothers everywhere across this country have been on the state level. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. this federal thing. I don't know that Roe v. Wade will ever be overturned. I would hope that it is for the, I, for, for the yeah, future. I, I, make of a, I make a caveat with that, that people need to be careful to, to not be overturning Roe v. Wade too quickly because then you have a situation where the people get to vote and they got to vote in Ireland. Yes. Yeah. And, that and, should be, but, and that should be a salutary lesson beauty, for everybody. But you know? Roe v. Wade still stands. Yes. And you have states like Oklahoma and mm-hmm. Georgia and Mississippi and Texas that are making strides to protect yes. life and protect yes. women. And they are able to do that because of yeah. the way that the system the, is. our system it's, is it's and our be, system works. And I'm totally fine with that because yes. that is people voting. It's going to be very yes. interesting, uh, the future of abortion in America, because you're going to have all these states that are basically going to make it almost impossible to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have, you have these states like New York and California, California. And, and Vermont and all Colorado. these places that, that are making it easier. And what is the future? What's the future mm-hmm. going to be? Is it going to be is America going to go more pro-abortion or anti-abortion? I mean, it's a question. I have no answer to it. What will it? Be, what will the future generations? Will it become so 
uh, uh, unfashionable or will it, or will I think it already is becoming unfashionable. And I think that that's why you are seeing their side become so much more radical mm -hmm. and, uh, desperate in yeah. their attempts mm -hmm. to keep it going and to cover so up the truth. I'm, seg I'm segueing away because I'm real. I'm conscious of the time here. So I want to ask, we ask, we ask, I know we just keep oh, wow. talking. Sorry. So I want to <laughs> ask, I, I think we're going to have to have Alicia on again, right guys? I think this is really nice. And we really want you to come back again. Um, I want to ask you about your go-to dish that because we ask yes. everyone two things we ask them for a recipe that's their go-to thing that everyone in the house is like oh please make this for us um and i know you've and you've got one and yep. i'm also going to then segue into asking you about a piece of art that means an awful lot to you it's like a poem or a movie or a play or anything like that okay but first of all let's do the recipe so what is yes. your go-to recipe i and i am not my husband is the chef of the family and he is a fantastic grill master nice. and so a lot of meals we're very like meat and veggie family so we nice. don't often do potatoes but these are the potatoes i'll gotten that my kids oh, like rave about and love wow and it's like it's more of a when you guys come over for dinner everybody should come over for dinner We're coming to the over no doubt about for it. some grilling it's, yes it's a good thing good. um i will make these and they will like there's a there's an actor friend of my husband's who's like over six feet tall i think he ate like an entire oval dish of them once i was like wow. oh i should have made two batches of that oh yeah he was like it came it went on the table and we we're gonna put up the photograph there and, and it's it a bad photo i just took it I, like on no Saturday i thought it night. looked like i thought it looked really nice okay. i was thinking you know and he's looking at it and he's thinking oh this is for me so what are you eating yeah yeah, yeah. um and it's cheese and potatoes so how can you go wrong you can never go wrong and with so that. it's potatoes are gotten and i found a recipe online somewhere and i wish i could credit the lady but i actually took her recipe and totally like Changed my right. mother taught me. My mother is sorry, mom. My mom is not an, like a chef, chef. Like she, she has did. some good recipes that she sticks to, but she would even say like she's not a good cook. Like I think you're. I think she's a good cook, but she kind of downplays her cooking. All that to say, she has always told me something that is incredibly true. You can never have enough garlic and enough butter. Oh, isn't that it? Well, I'd be on the butter and this for is sure. one of those. And and I would add cheese. And I would add so cream. This is, so this is one of those recipes with the cream and the cheese, and you don't even have that much butter. Get yourself like a cheap little mandolin at TJ Maxx or Ross because yeah. it saves you but from don't slicing. Don't sli slice off your own finger. Be careful with that. Yes, yes. my husband has a little nick from a yeah. grate. Um, anyway, and it's easy. It's toss it in the oven. You can grill. You can be making something else on the skillet. It is so good. I can't agree with you more. I'm, I'm funny a little bit back on the on the garlic, but I have to say, you know, the French. We can say an awful lot bad about the French, obviously, clearly, you know, forever. You can't say anything wrong about them on the cream on the cheese. Ugh. On the full and fat everything. Also, there. This is a big thing, by the way, in this house. I have like, I I go nuts, and we're gonna do. I, I literally want to spend one whole podcast just talking about the evils of low fat things. Oh. Because I spent forever in the supermarket trying to find full fat it's yogurt, and which thank is gorgeous, God I have, and it's, you know, with I no have sugar. A, I have a pediatrician who tells me she's like, your children eat how most adults should eat it's like meat and veggies and she's thank god she's not anti-red meat she's like it is so good for humans and yeah. studies are now coming back yes, to right. show yeah, that. yeah 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 like yeah. egg yolk not bad yeah. Um, oh yeah like, how uh, could an egg how could an egg ever not be the right thing like it, it by it's the like way the egg thing. is like a pregnancy superfood like it's like it, a superfood for everyone and, and so yeah. how wow anyway we could do a and whole we have thing. this sort of there's a kind of a sad thing here that magda and, uh, and us have had for all uh, for all time which is like this just we basically the song to the egg which is like 
the egg or the egg like the egg is like the best thing ever it's like the most amazing thing and once you have eggs and milk and cheese in the fridge you can make a gourmet you, meal right there you like can no make bother. my husband will make crepes pancakes oh, like yeah. whatever it's the oh, best yeah, we're coming to your house there's no <laughs> doubt about that um, and Anna maybe maybe you haven't had a chance to think about a, a piece of art and in the meantime maybe when you are thinking about it's that it's going to be I'm, a movie okay because okay. I was going to mention a movie I saw and while I'm talking about that you yeah. can think about a movie okay. you want to share so I would recommend everyone by the way I just last night went to see uh, Judy and oh. I would highly recommend it um, you know Renny Zellweger had that whole she had that whole facelift right which where everyone kind of went allegedly. who the hell are you allegedly no who She's the hell denying are you it. She's she, was lo- she was suddenly not Bridget Jones people didn't recognise yeah. her and whatever and I think she kind of fell off the wagon for a while and people didn't see her for a while mm-hmm. right but anyway she's come that's back that's a mixed metaphor it, it is fell a mixed off the metaphor wagon but we're allowed else. we're allowed to mix our metaphors we're Irish right yeah. it's all very poetic <laughs> so basically she's back with a vengeance in this film she is unbelievable it's really really powerful and for those of you who are you know it's, well, called somewhere, Ju- it's Judy the film is Judy it's called Judy and it's about the life of Judy Garland and here's the thing and if you don't know this I mean it's unbelievable the trailer she looks just like her do you know what and I just tried this with Magda this morning and it was interesting because I had exactly the same thought do you know what age she was when she died was Judy Garland? Yeah. Well, I think she be? was my, she was young, wasn't she? Yeah, she was 47. Oh, well, not that. Okay, yeah. so I'm not but that. Like old, for, but like, sorry, just for your knowledge, yeah. by the way, yeah. just for your information, 47 is very young. Um, it is. And a lot of our listeners would know that. Yeah. It's incredibly young. Alicia mightn't understand that, but 47 is very, very young. She died at I 47. So sad. And you should see in the film, like, you heard, she had little children. Yeah. Like, she had little, yeah. She, had, she had all these marriages, I think in the end. Maybe and she six struggled marriages. having children as well, too, right? That was part well, of her. Well, she had Liza with, the, with one, like, number three or yeah. something, with Manelli, who then turned out to be gay. She actually married two men who turned out to be gay, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, incredible. But the movie, I really, really recommend the movie. Yeah. And it's, it's very sad. And you know what it made me think? <clears throat> one of the things that made me think was, and we have had this conversation loads of times, film, how it is that it is legal to have children in movies at all. How huh. it's even possibly legal. And I know obviously nowadays they take great care of them. Allegedly. Allegedly, right? Allegedly. You mean like child actors? Yes. yes. Really? Yeah, because, well, obviously this is what happened to her. She yeah. was dead because of it. But her own mother, by the way, and it yeah. makes me think about, her mother was appalling. She had an mm. appalling mother. Her mother was a failed vaudeville, like, uh, um, like act. Like the stage mom living and, vicariously and, and, and through and her vi- child. Vi- and had her on, gave her, gave her drugs from the age of 10. I was giving her drugs for her weight amphetamines to keep her weight down you know and then there's a whole part in it and it's actually quite interesting film because I thought you'd be you'd find this interesting as well so with the whole Weinstein thing and everything Louis B. Mayer basically and the movie kind of suggests more than suggests it they don't show much but basically the suggestion is that he was her Weinstein and that he mm. that he abused her um, but I think she was uh, he, he was probably the least of it you know people didn't let her eat they didn't let her she worked 18 hour days then she couldn't sleep then they gave her sleeping pills traumatizing then they had this oh, I mean it's just it's actually it's a really really sad mm-hmm. but I highly recommend it it's one of those performances it's got Oscar written all over it I was quite surprised I looked at the box office mojo today and it's, it's surprising to me and I don't really have an explanation it's been out about nearly a month now it's not doing well it's 19 million you know for, yeah. for a movie like yeah. that do you have you thought of a movie that you wanted to share yeah you there's recommend there's actually two and they're family friendly swiss family robinson and sound of music oh like incredible classics i how can you not love julie andrews i, mean, I love yeah. um, that and she's just got a, book, a new book out and and now we've gone two years in a row and i would highly recommend it like i would tell people f- not in la to come to la for this event at there's a sing-along of the sound of music at the hollywood bowl i want to go and what is and it's once a year and it's incredible and like the cheap seats are 20 bucks so I it's not go. too bad do we know when this is it's it just happened it's always in september it's towards the end of the bowl season I come with us next year because we're going year. and we totally. bring the kids like i had the baby she was like a month old and i wore the baby and we had the kids 
kids and you bring snacks and wine and it's wonderful. But not just that. that, it is so compelling to me how good art can transcend generations Mm -hmm. and and just and of course the music is is perfect perfect and compelling but also the story of like family and faith and it is fascinating to me now two years in a row and sound of music has long been my favorite musical um but how two years in a row you're sitting in los angeles at the hollywood bowl yeah with you know lgbtq people and minorities and families and Christians and, and Christians and non <laughs> and everyone is singing the words of climb every mountain and cheering the mother superior as she talks about the importance of God and love and the the messages of that and good versus evil and all of these things like all of these things that every single time I watch the movie I think I get something new out of mm-hmm. it and I'm like wow thank God that th- in a way this art and what you guys do is so important because you can have messages that are appealing to people that I think that also are just can biblical you, and right you, and true. Can I tell you another message that's in that film? And at my wedding, I quoted a piece of poetry about to talk about my mother, which I'll talk about another day. But I also quoted a song from The Sound of Music to describe how happy I was to be marrying this one. And it was, uh, somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. Because here you See, are standing you there loving me. I do love him and it's great. And I, I think love is great. And I think marriage is something we should talk about another day because I actually think there's nothing better than a good marriage. Yeah. It's like a miracle. And uh, and young ones should be. I, I Every time I meet a young one, I'm always saying to young ones, are you dating? How, who are you seeing? Are you, and if you're not meeting somebody, you need to get professional help. And honestly, no, I do. Yeah. I say basically it's more serious than cancer. If you had cancer, you'd go to a doctor. Yeah. Don't be casual about it. Uh, but anyway, that's finding a good I life part. Can we, we come back and do a podcast? podcast about relationships yes yes and parenting and like just you know what i do can i just say can i just say and the girls are listening here can i just say and rick is interested i'll be sick can i also say we'll have a glass of wine and we'll discuss that i will uber uber over so we can just share a bottle there we go there we go there we go (laughs) Okay, we would like this has been no. this has been fabulous. Um, we've come to the end of the next show, week. and I know. We, and next week, oh, we'll be coming from Westminster. We'll be broadcasting Westminster, from not, Westminster, not Westminster, LA, Westminster, Westminster in London. London. Oh, We're doing our Brexit show. We're doing our Brexit show. Brexit podcast from London. Well, so we will be talking to you then. Will so Brexit have happened? Then, we don't know. We, we still don't know. <laughs> I don't TBD. think Boris Johnson knows and either. Obama, Boris Johnson doesn't know. But we're going to be there and talking to some great people. We're going to be talking to Claire Fox, the MEP, the Brexit MEP, and we're also going to be talking to John Waters, the Irish writer, who also has something. Say about the backstop. And whoever guests, whatever guests, happen and to whatever pop other in. guests come. And I think piggyback. I may have to bring a beer for that, a British beer, or at least. And I think we'll do some. Uh, we'll talk to some people on the street and in the pubs in London uh, about their reaction to what's happening over there. So until the next time, thank you so much. All the best. Bye bye, and thank bye. you so much, Alicia. Thank we you, really Alicia. appreciate having you. It was just great. We're totally doing this again. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs>